Welcome to Victory Groove. Remember, we already have the victory. We just need to get our groove back. Today, I am really excited to have a friend, Shelly Simpson, who is the president of J.B. Hunt. Oh, amazing. Just incredible. Shelly and I had a chance to really meet each other and work with each other when I was a dean at the Walton College at the University of Arkansas. And so I have watched her really catapult her career. And about nine months ago, it was announced that you became the president. And I am so, so proud of you. And so today, we're just going to hear a little bit about your testimony, Shelley, and to tell us a little more about how you have stayed with J.B. Hunt and how you have risen through the company and perhaps some of your challenges along the way. So, Shelley, I'll uh, read a little bit about your background. J.B. Hunt Transport Services is one of the largest supply chain solutions providers in North America, and it announced about nine months ago that Shelly would become the president. Johnny Roberts will remain chief executive officer and member of the J.B. Hunt Board of Directors, a new management structure for the company. And this is what John Roberts said. He said, over her tenure, J.B. Hunt, Shelly has worn multiple hats across our business, bringing a data-driven, experience-based approach to every area she has led. If you look at the most disruptive areas of our company, from new technologies to global commercialization to investments in our people, Shelley's innovative leadership has always guided us toward positive results. Shelley, welcome to Victory Group. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. I mean, you've been at J.B. Hunt for years, right? Yeah, yeah it'll be yeah. 29 years, May 25th. Wow. And yeah. so um, I'm first generation college. I graduated from the University of Arkansas yeah. with a degree in marketing. I started with J.B. Hunt two weeks after I graduated. Yeah. And that really was to be a short term summer gig until I could get my real job. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I wanted to own my own business. And I really was interviewing to go into a different career. And I really took this job. Uh, until I could get my other job. And so I started with the company in an hourly role, making $7.25 an hour. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it was wow, because uh, yeah. I had a lot of bills to pay and a lot of debt right. to pay off. Yeah. And I thought that would just be for, you know, a couple of months, but mm -hmm. it was the people that I worked around and really just opportunity. I think one of the things early in, in a career, that's important is that you listen to people that know you and that you trust and will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And at that time was my father uh, because I didn't know anybody in business. And so uh, he saw a lot of vision as to where J.B. Hunt could be, knew I was in a big company and said, hey, why don't you hang out there? I've heard a lot of great things about the people there that you talk about. And why don't you hang out there, Shelly? You could be the first president uh, female <laughs> Maybe so, a prophet, he, huh? He's a prophet. He had really big vision. My yeah. dad grew up hearing yeah. you could be president of the United States if you put your mind to it. And I heard that over and over and over and over. He really believed it. Mm -hmm. And so he never had a goal that was here. Mm -hmm. He would always make me, you know, reach up where I thought, you know, my potential might be in the middle. He always saw potential in people. And so that was, he was a visionary and he really meant it. 
He yeah. really hey, yeah. you do and be the first uh, at whatever. And so that wasn't just for me. He said that to my brother and my sister. Mm-hmm. And so it's just something I grew up. So I started hourly, sort of my first management job nearly two years later in pricing and yield management. And, you know, just grew my career here. Spent the last, just before this appointment, I spent 15 years on our executive leadership team and served in many different capacities um, inside that. And so got the opportunity to lead two of our business segments as president and then uh, chief commercial, chief marketing, uh, helped commercialize our technology and then also led our people in the HR team. So really uh, loved being able to see the company progress and grow and love being a part of it, but most important, love being with the people that we deal with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just incredible. And I know this about you. You have a very special relationship with Mrs. Hunt, Janelle Hunt, who is amazing all on her own. Just an incredible story. I got to hear about, you know, the Hunt family. And so tell us about that relationship you have with Mrs. Hunt. Well, I was fortunate enough to become an executive many years ago. And at that time, Mrs. Hunt uh, was coming to our board luncheons and I was getting the opportunity to learn because I didn't, when I started with the company, the year before we had reached a billion dollars, Mr. Hunt had had uh, a special celebration downstairs. And I remember thinking, boy, I'd really miss the boat. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hunt were then not very active. So really, my first several years, I didn't get the opportunity to know, certainly didn't know Mr. Hunt, Mrs. Hunt either, but really of the last 16 years have interacted from that perspective. And as I continued to grow in my career, I started getting the opportunity to connect with Mrs. Hunt. And I happened to share um, my first executive office here on the fourth floor was actually Mrs. Hunt's office. Very special, near and dear to me. So I've had the opportunity to hear a lot of stories. You know, she, they both were such pioneers, but Mm -hmm. Mrs. Hunt, you know, I get to hear the stories of not only her, but she's, she brags so much about Mr. Hunt. She's very servant in her approach and how she thinks about our people. And I can't get enough. Like when I talk to Mrs. Hunt, I just want to hear our stories because that's 61 years of our of our tenure and our experience. And a lot of times people, I want to be able to treasure those experiences and those memories and be able to share those. And yeah. so a lot of people don't get the same opportunity. Mrs. Hunt just turned 91. 91. She can sell spry. And oh, she yeah. I remember. Loves the company. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. She loves telling stories and I love to listen to those uh-huh. So anytime I can get the opportunity, really any of us to spend time with Mrs. Hunt, it's it's very special to all of us. Oh, yeah. Please give her my regards. I will. Yeah. I I just loved meeting her. And I remember her telling a story about Mr. Hunt and his private planes. (laughs) He loved his planes, didn't he? She she has a lot of stories about Mr. Hunt. And uh you know, it's it's amazing to me to listen yeah. how much she adored him and mm-hmm. just, you know, honoring and respecting her husband in a way that's very special. Right. Uh, you know, it's something it's not just about business. When you listen to Mrs. Hunt, you get a sense of uh, what it's like to be a Proverbs 31 wife. You yes. Know, she's, uh, she's, she's real special. Very powerful. And what a humble beginning, too. I mean, folks need to really dig in and read the history of J.B. Hunt. Just incredible. Just incredible. Well, Shelly, I want to get back to you a little bit. I want to hear a little bit about some of the biggest challenges that you have faced 
as you've been with the company a long time, maybe some personal challenges, professional challenges in how your faith has gotten you through? Well, I was uh, raised by a mama that was a piano player in church. So every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we were, when the church doors were open, we were there, every evangelist that came in. Uh, but I really came to know and love the Lord through my grandparents. And so my papa was a truck driver and my oh. grandmother was a homemaker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they loved the Lord. It's where I saw it most modeled out in my life. Mm -hmm. And as um, I... I met my husband at, at work and started having children. You know, my mother stayed home with me. My grandmother stayed home. And I really just didn't have the confidence that I could be a great mom and a great wife and uh, a great worker in one. And that was a real challenge. It was probably my greatest challenge professionally and personally in my life because I actually went in to quit the company. Hmm. And I, I was going to quit just because I didn't know there'd be another alternative. And my boss at the time was our COO. And um, I had been on an extended maternity leave. And my boss, right before I said, I'm going to take a step away, he said, hold on just a minute. You can be a great mom and a great wife. And you can do great work as well. I want you to go home, focus on Peyton. That was my firstborn. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whatever that means, we'll work it out. And I remember at that time, thinking, you know, my grandmother had taught me that God gives us the greatest desires of our heart. And sometimes we want to make those greatest desires of our heart be exactly what we want. Right. Necessarily what his plan is. Amen. Amen. And I remember going back and like really frustrated because I thought, why did that door open when I felt so convicted that I wanted to be a really great mom? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that because I would work, I couldn't be, I just didn't have the confidence that I could and so I went on a little more flexible schedule, but I'll tell you, it was a real duke it out moment with God. Mm -hmm. I'm a fairly obedient person. It's really important in my life and I don't do it all right. But um, I do know when I feel like I'm getting called in a direction, even when I don't understand, I stick with yes. it. It's a real struggle. It was about nine to 12 months of just, um, I would say coming into work, but not necessarily understanding my purpose at work. Mm -hmm. And um, I got pregnant with twin girls. Uh -huh. At that point, I knew that I wanted to take a step back. And it was um, for two years, I took a step back from being a vice president in the company to work in part-time. Mm -hmm. I had Peyton, who was two, my girls that were born. And it was a real conflict for me, although I was thinking, okay, this will be my way to ease out of working. Yeah. And um, it was during that time how I was treated, God really started to do a work in me and started helping me see what really my plan and how I could contribute to the plan he had set before me. And um, I started feeling a calling to come back to work and, and work would be my mission field. And it was my first day back in the office, nearly two years later, um, that I was in my office. It was a Monday morning and my assistant walked in and said, how was your weekend? I said, oh, mine was good. How about yours? She said, mine was unbelievable. And I said, okay, do tell. And she said, well, you might think this is really crazy, but I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior this weekend. And I chills raced through my body. It was that very moment. I thought, you know what? This is my Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Mm -hmm. And Lord, whatever you call me to, I'm going to do. And it was yes. that moment that I realized, um, you know, my kids were still young, but I realized that God would equip and he would 
helped me see that I could really do everything he was calling me to do. It was at that moment that I kind of turned to say, okay, I can do the things that are personally important and professionally important. And God, you do have something bigger. And of course, now my kids are older and I've got an opportunity to see, you know, um, maybe I didn't do everything right, but I really feel like I tried to keep in perspective and, and integrate my faith, family, work, and community. Yes. So that was the hardest time in my career, but it was also the hardest time personally for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking back on it now, I, little did I know that God was going to, you know, call me and raise me up to really do different work and, um, you know, not just impact our people, but impact the kingdom. And so yes. um, today, looking back, it, it seems yeah. so simple, but at the time, I will tell oh. you, it was a lot of grinding for me, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of spending time in prayer and in the word, and um, so thankful that yes. I stayed obedient in a time when I absolutely didn't want to, and certainly I've had other challenges mm-hmm. um, through my, my career, but mm-hmm. I think that was my biggest one. Yeah, yeah, and that is a big one, you know, it's a huge, a huge challenge. I think about work-life balance. I hear it so much at the university when I'm talking to students and they're just now getting started. And they're, they're asking you, how do you really balance work and life and that? And so you prayed a lot and God revealed to you, one, that your work is your mission field. I heard that. I heard that. I, I believe that too. I believe that wholeheartedly. And that is that's just a way for him to be glorified in the workplace, right? And, and you and I also believe in this work matters too, right? We work with David Roth and what that's he right. does, you know, that's bringing right. your faith to the workplace. So we really love hearing that and living out that example too. So to a student, someone who is just getting started mm-hmm. and they ask you the question, how do you achieve work-life balance? What's your answer? Well, I give them um, something that became very important to me, which was first, um, I realized working that I I knew our company's mission statement, mm-hmm. but I really didn't know if I knew what my mission statement was in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I worked on is, you know, it was when my dad got sick and I started looking back, he was a young man. And I thought, you know, dad had stage four cancer. He had a very short, um, you know, time to live. And I started thinking, did he get accomplished everything he wanted to get accomplished? Like when he's looking at his life now and he looks back, did he get those things accomplished? And um, I thought, you know, am I getting my things accomplished? And so I wrote my mission statement. And so for me is to um, make an eternal difference in in impact and leadership by serving people, loving others, and being a good witness while integrating my faith, family, work, and community. Mm -hmm. And I started taking everything through that lens. I started saying, okay, if my objective is to serve, love, and be a good witness, and I want to have an eternal impact, then it has to be able to integrate because I can't just do one thing without the other. That's not who I am. I'm not just a family member. I'm not just a worker. I'm I'm everything integrated into one. And I started living my life more that way. I started sharing with my family and my kids. I started sharing more at work. I just started realizing that I was 
much more than just one component. Um, and so then those boundaries came up for me. I started realizing, okay, where are my commitments at? And I'm going to be fully dedicated to those commitments. And I think what's really important, especially going through seasons in life, is that you dedicate time to the most important um, places that you should be. Mm-hmm. And so I really do live by my calendar. Very yeah. important for me. Yeah. And so the further out I can get planned, what I have found, especially in, in for many, many years, I was leading our customers, our sales organization, our commercial efforts. And that means I needed to go travel and see our customers. But what I found is if I would share that, you know what, I'd love to come that day, but can I come the next day? Because my son has a football game that night. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many customers opened up and said, oh, oh, yes, 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 yeah. no yeah. problem. Yeah. And what I think is we get nervous or we're not sure what to say back. Mm-hmm. I found that that became a very open forum to have great conversation around um, not just our work. And so very, very, very few things mm-hmm. in my children's um, time that I really missed yeah. because I had things calendared. And knew where I needed to be. And I try to do a great job planning out and planning ahead. Same thing for J.B. Hunt. Same thing in my faith. And same thing in the community. Um, And if I needed to go do something, I was just pretty open and transparent as to what I would be doing. And um, like on Thursday night, here's a really great example. Thursday night, I had to go speak, or I was asked to speak a keynote at our Chamber of Commerce. There were about a thousand people there. I invited my girls to attend. That's a really great example of integrating. I love it. uh, you know, my work, the community, and um, my family. And so those were things that I, I just got more comfortable and started recognizing that integration really worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. I love that. Eternal impact. Eternal yeah. impact. I love that. That's part of your mission statement. That's fantastic. That's yeah. great. You know, I've, I've got daughters, and they are working, and they've got families, the whole thing. And yeah, I've got one in particular who's rising. I mean, she's now taking over a leadership position. She's at AWS doing fantastic. Great. And so she's being called into more leadership positions and she's trying to balance, you know, she's got a soon to be 14 year old and a 12 year old now. And, uh, and uh, anyway, so she's trying to work through all of that. Uh, and then the one thing that I want to, is I think about her, you know, being a female leader, in a male-dominated industry. I want to address that. And I, I hear from her, and I want to hear from you. How do you work that? How does that work for you? Well, I mean, one thing I'll say is I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that because my voice is a minority voice, which means, you know, I probably will have something a little bit different to say. Mm-hmm. And what I found is they're willing to listen, whether it's me or another male counterpart. You know, I love having a voice that can be different. And so I don't really see it as a disadvantage as I see it as a distinct advantage. <laughs> love it. And yes. I think it's really important to know that you have a voice. We all have different communication styles. Mm-hmm. We all have different ways that we contribute. And I think just knowing that I'm a core part of our leadership team and um, each one of us has a voice and we have to use our voice Mm -hmm. and we have to find the ways that we can best contribute. And so for some of us, you know, we might be really great note takers Mm -hmm. Uh, for others. We might be great organizers or we could be a great visionary. There's lots of different places that you can serve. 
in a leadership team. And I don't think your title has to necessarily place you where you will serve best. Amen. And um, so for me, I've always had really great mentors at the company. The majority of those have been men. Mm -hmm. And I've found great support inside our our organization. If it weren't for our COO at the time, I probably wouldn't be with the company. Mm -hmm. And I remember how often he would, he would ask me about my family. He would ask me about my husband and my children. And that meant, that meant a a lot to me. And um, I don't know, I, I don't guess I've ever seen where it's been a disadvantage. There have been times when like, I don't like golf. Uh-huh. My dad loved golf. I I never liked golf. So when people are talking about golf, I don't know it very well. Right. Yeah. And so I'll switch the subject. There's things yeah. bad that could be, yeah. um, you know, a little uncomfortable when you're the only woman in the room. But for the most part, I'll say people are fairly open. They want to listen. Um, I just happen to be a female that they're listening to. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, I know the time is short. You've got a lot going on, Shelly, and I am so, so grateful that you spent some time with us today and encouraging others, encouraging others to run toward their Goliaths, to run toward their challenges, and to be faithful along the way. You are a powerful witness, and I'm very, very proud of you. Would you do me a favor and lead us in prayer as we close out? Yeah. Ah, First off, thank you, Dr. Jones, for having me. A real privilege. Oh, thank you. Dear God, I just thank you so much for the listeners here and those, God, that you are impacting um, to face their Goliath, God, that you will give them uh, the strength in you, that you will give them vision and where they need to go, Father, and just that they are comforted to know um, that as big as a Goliath may be, Lord, that the, nothing is too big for you and that we know that we can have the influence and we can overcome by you sending and dying on the cross, Lord, and sending your Holy Spirit to live inside us, Lord. So we might not be strong enough, but we know that you are, Lord. And I just pray that we lean into you, Lord, that we know that you're in control, Lord. Let us pursue you more than we think about our Goliaths in your name. Amen. In your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, sister. Thank you, Dr. Jones. So All appreciate right. you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Sounds All good. Right. Yes, God you. bless. And to everyone, remember, we already have the victory. We just need to get our groove back. Yeah.